0: Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 4, Term 1, Lesson 6. We are going to continue on where we left off, on page 29, at the top of the page, basically. Um, we were looking at a quote from John MacArthur, and uh, regarding the paralytic. We said again here that many, uh, he says that many Jews in that day believed that all disease and affliction was a direct result of one's sin. And this paralytic may have believed that as well. And we, we were talking about the difficulty of when somebody believes that they've got a problem and maybe they shouldn't be healed, that that's difficult for you then to have to pray over that and, and, and pray through all of that. Amen? Uh, and just to, just to be aware that you might need to deal with something else before you actually start praying over the person's situation or their healing or whatever it is that they're looking for. Okay thus he would have welcomed forgiveness of his sins before healing the greek verb for are forgiven renders to sending or driving away so that's interesting isn't it he does, he doesn't just say that your sins are forgiven are your sins he's saying that those sins are being driven away amen he's sending those things away they've been driven away they have they are taken out of his sphere basically Amen. Because see, that's the other problem that we face, that, you know, sometimes we, we, we forgive ourselves, we get to the place where, you know, we, we realize, okay, we can't hang on to this because, you know, it's making us miserable and everybody around us miserable. Hello. Okay, that's a thing as well. So, and so we think, okay, you know what, we need to forgive ourselves and move on from this thing. Okay, and I don't mean you to do this in the sense of you do bad things to people and then forgive yourself. Okay. Okay. Alright, it's not about that. Okay. It's about things that maybe you've done that have caused you grief. And you, you, you're telling yourself, I know I shouldn't have done that, but I did it. What's wrong with me? And then you don't want to forgive yourself because you knew better and you did it anyway. And and again, we saw that that is the devil's best friend because he's the one that led you into that to begin with. And if he can hold you there, he's got an ace in the hole. That's right. All right? And that's the reason why you just need to let go of things. Because as you let go, then he doesn't have a hook in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, <laughs> so I need to add that a little bit in there. Okay, so once again, the Greek word are forgiven refers to sending or driving away. Thus, Jesus dismissed the man's sin and freed him from its guilt. That is so key. And so, William MacDonald writes, it was a wonderful announcement now on this earth, in this life. The man's sins were forgiven. It wasn't going to be someday, day, the sweet by and by kind of thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, after we're dead. Alright? He didn't have to wait till the day of judgment. Now that is a key thing. How many people are afraid of dying for that one reason? That they get to the throne and God's not looking very happy. And instead of going, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He goes, well what have you done? (laughs) Okay? No. This is why this is such a huge thing to be forgiven, because when you're forgiven, remember we talked about on Sunday, God only forgives and cleanses, but He forgets as well. Amen. That's a huge blessing. Amen? Alright. So again... um, So on this earth, in this life, the man's sins were forgiven. He didn't have to wait till the day of judgment. He had the present assurance of forgiveness. The great physician, I love this, removed the cause before treating the symptoms. He gave the greater blessing first. Amen? Amen. So it is important that we remember, you know, this was prophesied, is remember that the, uh, this, uh, that at this time, what was written in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, when Joseph had discovered that Mary was pregnant and was deciding what to do about it, it said there, verse 20, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Watch this For he will save his people from their sins. Amen. It was a prophecy. It was coming to pass. See, that's a huge thing. Just reading that, you begin to realize who he is. Who can forgive sin but God is where we're going to find out. Okay, all right. So, and here it was the first instance of this prophecy coming to pass. Ultimately, though, as the Spirit-filled uh, Life Bible reminds us, sin and disease are the effects, effects of evil. And Jesus reveals God's opposition to evil in any way it manifests. His goal is to bring complete wholeness to people. His goal is to bring complete wholeness to people. Amen? So we need to understand, see, again, when you say sin and disease are the effects of evil, we need to understand that this is the you know AC device being plugged into a DC socket. Do you understand? Sin did that. It started short-circuiting all sorts of things on the inside of us to where we didn't function well anymore. And that's the reason why as we receive forgiveness, it's almost like the wiring starts to get refixed. It's an amazing thing. That's why some people have this smile on their face <laughs> when they get saved. It's like... Suddenly, this device that was struggling all the time, suddenly all the lights came on. And it's like, ta-da! This is what I'm meant to be like. This is, what's meant to, you know, this is how I'm meant to work. You find your destiny. You find your future. You sort of think, gosh, all the things... Are... And Can I just say this? When you don't find that for yourself, you get mad when other people find it. You don't want people to find it if you haven't found it. I'm just saying. But if you have, then you want everybody to find theirs. Isn't it interesting how this works and why, why God is saying, listen, you need to fix yourself up. And we think it's just for ourselves? No. It's so for everybody around you. If you have your little ducks in a row, then all the people around you, you'll help them get their little ducks in their rows. I don't know if that works. Anyway, <laughs> I think that was the wrong sentence. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say, right? You help others with their problems because you're in a position and also be in a place not of judgment. Of mercy. Amen? Because we all need help and we all have gone through stuff and we're all still going through stuff. You know, and sometimes just helping somebody else get through something. There's a blessing on that for you to face your demons and the situations you're dealing with. Amen? Did you know that, by the way? Yeah, did you know that? Okay. You know, it's, that's why it says it's more profitable. You know, um, to... to uh, let me change it a little bit. You know how they say, it's more probable to give than to receive. You know, that's why it comes. But you need to understand where that comes from. You need to understand that sometimes in your giving, you get blessed more than the person that you're blessing. Because God smiles on you, and that's huge. So when you're helping other people with their problems, He smiles on you. And you just think, oh boy, whatever is wrong in my life will get fixed. Amen? Amen. Anyway, alright, moving on. William Hendrickson says, One would think that everybody who heard Jesus say to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven, would have rejoiced with the pardoned man. But no, in the hearts of the scribes and Pharisees who had come here to find fault with Jesus, I told you, see, this is the other side. There was no room for participation in the joy of this grievously stricken man who at this moment heard words of encouragement and cheer. So instead of rejoicing with Him, let me let me just say, they weren't. Okay? To them, that's described in Pharisees, granting of full pardon from divine judgment against sins was reserved for God and God alone. So here we go. Now let's go on to verse 21. Then why it goes in they say, Luke chapter 5, verse 21. And at once, I'm going to read all of this without all the little bits. Okay? So, so that, um, just see it in your notes. And at once the scribes and Pharisees, sitting there, began to reason in their hearts, saying within themselves, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Or why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? This man blasphemes. That's everything that was said. All the Gospels put it together, and that's when you put it all together. Okay, that's a composite. Did you get that? Are you seeing where this is all coming from? Now the term blasphemy was understood to be a violation of the power and majesty of God. Violation of the power and majesty of God. And therefore regarded as the worst sin among religious people. See, this is what is going to happen. This is the story, that the thread that we're going to see that resulted in these Religious leaders justifying themselves for the murder of Jesus Christ and what they did, okay, Beca- and why they thought God was behind them. Do you hear me? All right, and why it irked them <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when above the cross was this the King of the Jews? I mean, you know, this is the person to them that blasphemed everything they believed in, and on top of his head has is the sign: "This is your king, whom you murdered." Anyway, we'll get to that when we get to that because uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. All right, <clears throat> as you can tell, there's a lot of stuff in everything, isn't there? That's right. <laughs> okay, you know, if we get to this before before Jesus comes, it's going to be a miracle. I'm just saying. All right. (laughs) Uh, I don't mean to take so long, but it's just there's so much here. John MacArthur writes, The judgment of blasphemy would be true about anyone but God incarnate. For only the one who has been sinned against, listen, has the prerogative to forgive. See what he's doing? Okay, Jesus' words to the man, therefore, claim divine authority unequivocally. That's what this was all about. So sad. I read the the comment online, you know, I go looking for things sometimes, because I want some deeper insights and understanding into things, and sometimes I really regret it. Okay, (laughs) there's the junk that is out there, and I really say that, I'm reserved when I say that. Okay, uh, you know, one person was saying, "Now we know that Jesus wasn't perfect; he was just a man." I thought you didn't read John chapter one verse one, did you? You just totally missed that one. Hmm. And and the stuff that's out there, and he says, oh, and therefore we can't take everything he said. You know, because it's just like he was a man in that culture, in that time, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, sweetheart, you, that, that is deception from hell itself. <coughs> Truly. Yeah. Because if... And I, I, I then question this person. This is a Christian, by the way, talking, by the way. Yeah. Okay? Mm. And then I'm thinking, Ah, you're still in sin then. Nobody took your sin away. Only God could take... Your sin. Only a perfect person could die on the cross and pay the price for all mankind. Where does that leave you? See how it doesn't work? As soon as you take anything away, it affects you personally. At the end of the day, you lose. Interesting, huh? Alright, anyway, back to this. So here we see, there was absolutely no question about what Jesus was doing. When He said this, He wanted to make a point. And He was going to do it in a way... Not through argument, but through proof. (laughs) Okay? Because something very interesting is going to happen. Uh, Can I just jump ahead a little bit and we'll come back. We'll come back when we get to it, we'll look at it. This man isn't just going to be forgiven, he's going to be healed. The Jewish mind was that something is wrong with him because he sinned. Now follow the logic, okay? Because he sinned, something is wrong with him. Uh, Do you see the connection? So if Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, and he gets healed, what does that tell you? Whoever got him healed, actually had the power to forgive sins. Otherwise he would not be healed. Because that was the cause of the sickness. sickness. Are, are you getting this? Please follow. Okay, I, I, Things are logical, don't, okay, just follow. So that's what Jesus is going to do. He's going to present an argument, and he's going to checkmate them. You believe that sickness is a result of sin. I'm going to forgive his sin and he's going to be healed. What are you going to say about that? Ta-da! Okay? Alright, okay. Let's get back to this now. Okay. Okay, Because we haven't finished yet. I just wanted to see that. Okay. He's a very smart man. This is not just a normal person. Do you hear me? This is God. Okay? This is God. Anybody says otherwise? Wow. He's the one that's going to be judging them, by the way. Do you know Jesus said, All judgment has been, the Father has put all judgment in my hands. I don't want to be anywhere close to that person when they're being judged. I want to be somewhere else in heaven. (laughs) Okay. Oh, hallelujah. Lost my spot. Okay. Let's get back to this. (laughs) So, let me reread this, okay? No, actually, I won't. This was a crucial and decisive moment in time for these religious leaders. Do you understand why? Okay, because he was about to prove, he's, he's saying, You are looking at your Messiah. All right? In fact, William MacDonald says that scribes quickly caught on to the significance of the statement. They were well enough trained in Bible doctrine or scroll doctrine to know that only God can forgive sins. Anyone who professed to forgive sins was, therefore, claiming to be God. Up to this point, their logic was correct. But instead of acknowledging the Lord Jesus to be God, they accused Him in their hearts of speaking blasphemies. Alright. Now what's interesting, see, Jesus is going to prove to them He is God in so many different ways. Here's, this, here's the next thing. Jesus is going to read their minds. He's going to read their thoughts and answer them before they can even speak. Proof its in itself of His divine nature and supernatural power. Get it? Okay. He's going to show them in so many different ways that He is God. That standing before them was their Messiah. Was the one that was prophesied to come. Genesis 3.15. That He would come. And He would crush the head of the, the, the devil. This was the, this was the Redeemer. He was here and they needed to acknowledge that. Because they had sins that they needed to be forgiven of. And instead of asking for forgiveness, they continued on their road of pride, and got further into sin. To where Jesus at the end is going to say, you are of your father, not God, the but the devil. Hmm? And you are, going to, you are going to be in hell. You are going to look up, and all the people that you, were dis- that you despised... All those Gentiles that you spit at and cross the road and sold your cows and everything when they came to worship. And you know, okay, to the Gentiles. They are going to be sitting with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And you are going to be somewhere else. Where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not a happy place. You know gnashing of teeth? That's anger. So they're going to be sorry, sad and angry. Two very, very bad emotions. All right. But sadly, as John MacArthur puts it. They, the scribes and Pharisees, refused to recognize Jesus' power as coming from God, much less than he himself was God. And so, in spite of all the overwhelming evidence, the religious leaders decided to actively reject the Lord. And why? The Apostle John said in John chapter 1 and verse 11, He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. That is such a sad statement. The way it says it, you know, he came to his own. And his own, do you get it? His own. Okay, they could have said his people, but it said his own did not receive him. And that's very sad even in our own households, when our own don't receive. Amen. I'm glad to say in this household, our own receive. (laughs) Okay, and we all receive from each other. And, you know, praise God for that. There are no conflicts, there's no problems there at all. And Such a blessing. The Believers Study Bible commentators write, One of the saddest commentaries in the book is this, He came to his own, but his own did not receive him, but rejected him. The Greek Aorist tense denotes a decisive act. Men are condemned for their rejection, not their ignorance. Now that is a key point. Amen? Get this. Men are condemned for their rejection. You see, it's one thing to be ignorant. And God has enormous patience with ignorant people. Okay? But, when you know, and you actively reject, you actively go against something, knowing that it's the right thing, that what you're doing is absolutely wrong. Do you all with me? Okay? That is where... Condemnation comes. That's when God's judgment falls on people, amen. And you know, yeah, okay. <laughs> One of the questions that people have is this: How come so many wicked people live for so long? How come sometimes the good ones are dying young? You know, David wrote a song: "Only the good die young." Yeah, we go. Okay. <laughs> base lady here knows, okay, all right. so <laughs> Calling things I be not, lady. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> can I say this to you? Let me help you with this, because if this has been a problem to you, let me help you. Where are the good people going? They're going to heaven. This is only a passing through place. In fact, that's better. In fact, if we all had a choice, we'd probably be there, not here today. Can you get a little amen on that? Okay, so that's why there's no fear of death, and, and you know what's, what's there is welcoming, and it is such an incredible life. Okay, where's the bad person going? And when I say bad, you know what I mean, right? Okay, the person that has rejected God. Okay, there might be a good person, but they've rejected God. So, you know, in God's eyes, they're not a good person. Okay, where are they going? To hell. You know what the Bible talks about about God being? Long-suffering, See, we're short-suffering. We want to kill Him off straight away. If only we got rid of them because they're being such a pain in the side to all of us. Just kill Him, God! But you know what? His love endures and endures. And even though they're speaking... See, it hurts us. But can you understand how much damage it's actually doing to Him? Because they're speaking blasphemy against Him. Okay, that's, that's one of the things that the religious, religious leaders are bringing out when they said, who can forgive sin except God alone? Because we ultimately sin against God. Do you all get what I'm saying? Alright, so you need, to, you need to sort of understand this. When we look at this, and when, you know, when I look at this, God always says, what is your problem? And I'm saying, well, you know, the good people. And He says, they're here with me. He said, my concern are for the people. Now listen, man. No, I mean this, you know, I need to deal with this as well. Can I just say this? If good people knew the truth and knew the word and knew the power behind the word, they would be here. Okay. The Bible tells us very clearly that God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's it. At the end of the day, that's what it is. However whatever form that takes. Whatever form that takes. okay. Whether it's the lack of knowledge about you forgiving yourself. Whether it's the lack of knowledge about God has forgiven all sins. And if it's a lack of knowledge about if you believe you can be healed. If it's a lack of knowledge about you need to let go of something in order for God's healing and presence and whatever to come so he can help you. Whatever it is. Don't ever look at somebody else's life and, and say, you know, question your faith. You don't know where they were at and what was going on in their life. I don't care what you think you know. I don't care what you think you know. You just don't know you can't see into some things. And can I also say this? We are living under a curse. Can we get an amen on that? Okay. And that has been sent to steal, kill, and destroy. It is here to kill us. Okay. And so if we, you know, if we don't, you know, if our are in a row in certain things, uh, yeah, okay. Some of us go home quicker than we should. Uh, I don't intend to be one of those people. and I don't, okay, all right, <laughs> okay. But that's why we're studying the life of John. He didn't get martyred. The guy stayed alive as long as he needed to. I believe he decided he was going home when he decided he was going home. There's right. so one disciple that just couldn't kill. Praise God. That's, that's a life we want to learn. To, okay, we want to follow. Amen. Alright. So, getting back to this. and uh, you know, l- Let me sort of help you with this. We need to understand when somebody has done everything wrong, when they've got one foot in hell and we're praying and we're spraying wd-40 hoping that just let's hurry up and go there okay god is still standing there he's still long suffering and he's saying just maybe do you know why because one of those maybes actually happened his name was paul and boy what happened after that what the devil planned to use for the church's destruction ended up being the one that was going to complete the, 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 the Gospels, the Epistles. Yes. Not the Gospels, but the Epistles. Yes. Amen? He said it was, he, it was his job to finish the Word of God. If you read his writings, it actually says that. Which is quite a statement to make. This guy that was trying to kill everybody as quickly as he could. Remember Stephen? We all love Stephen, right? And what did they say? That they came and threw their coats at the feet of a man named young man named Saul, uh, do you know do you know why he changed his name because of the king that went off the rails? He was named after that king, you know Saul David, and Saul, yeah, and he decided he didn't want to be associated with Saul anymore interesting isn 't it? So he changed his name to Paul and said we'll go this way instead, praise God anyway. Anyway, so understand something. Listen, I know, okay, we want to get rid of all the bad people. And if we did, then we could go see there is a God. And all the people that don't believe you are going to die and go to hell. Okay, I know that's very gratifying. Uh, can we just be honest? Okay, but it's not good for them. Because it's forever. We forget that sometimes. Uh, just to let you guys know. My hope is there is something in there that shows us there's, there's some redemption somewhere. I don't know. I'm still looking. Alright, <laughs> back to this. Because I was, I was one of those people that I was so quick to say, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, your, your kid wasn't saved, oh yeah, he's in hell today. You can't say stuff like that to people. That's horrible. Even if it's true, just shut up. <laughs> just say, well, we don't know. You don't know what a person did in the last moments of their life. Because you really don't, and let's just go with that, shall we? All right. So we were at the place where we were talking about them not receiving him. Men are condemned for their rejection, not their ignorance. To explain the significance of the chain uh, charge, excuse me, of blasphemy, Larry W. Hurtado, that dude, writes: <laughs> We should also, <laughs> we should note also that the charge of blasphemy anticipates the condemnation of Jesus. Uh, in Mark, okay? And it seems likely that in this first controversy uh, controversy scene in his gospel, Mark intended to give the reader a foretaste of the final opposition and the issue that would lead to Jesus' execution. Amen? Remember again that one of the, one of the things that the reasons that the writers were sort of writing the gospels was to explain why a man that was so good, so kind, So powerful. How could anyone find fault? What fault did they find? And was it justified? And we're going to find that it wasn't justified. In fact, William Hendrickson says that by the time you get to the third chapter of Mark's gospel, they begin to scheme how they may destroy him. That's in Mark 3.6. And and charge him with being in league with the devil. That's Mark 3.22. Of course, the conflict could not have been avoided. He stressed love, they, legalism. He, freedom. They, bondage. He, inner attitude. They, the outward act. Did you get all that? How they hated to surrender to him their prestige, their hold on the public. Are you beginning to see this now? Okay, It starts becoming very clear what's actually going on here. And it goes on to say in Mark chapter 2 verse 8, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves. See, we all thought this was about a paralytic guy getting healed. <laughs> okay? No, it's about what we're talking about here. This is what's important. The guy getting healed, that's just on the that's a frilly bits on the outside. This is what's really going on. And here is where the center and the truth that we need to receive as well. Amen. Alright. But again, when Jesus perceived in the Spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he, knowing their thoughts, Matthew says, said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? In fact, the parallel account in Matthew 9 4, Jesus actually says to him, Why do you think evil in your heart? See how he, he calls him out. He says, You know what you're doing is evil. Alright? William Hedrickson says that these evil reasonings within these religious leaders would be something like, it is an easy thing for him to say, your sins are forgiven. For no one is able to disprove it, since no one can look into his neighbor's heart, or enter the throne room of the Almighty, and discover his judicial decisions as to who is and who is not forgiven. On the other hand, to tell this man, get up and walk, would be far more difficult, for if no cure results, as is probable, we are all here to witness his embarrassment. Okay, (laughs) alright? That's what's going to happen in verse 9. That's what all this is leading up to. Alright, what all this reveals to us is that they themselves were the evil ones. And it was their own hearts... They should have been examining. After all, as Hendrickson says, was it not in order to find fault with Jesus that they had come here today? With the ultimate purpose that they might destroy Him. Amen? See, they didn't come for anything good. Their hearts were evil. They came to find fault. See, again, can I just say this? And again, I I want to come back to this because there's so much here. Some people that you meet... You need, to, you need to acknowledge this, you need to know this exists, that some people will come in, all they want to do is find fault in you, and everything that you say. It doesn't matter how good your news is, it doesn't matter how well you do, it doesn't matter how you prove yourself, they just look for a fault. Okay? Can I say this to you? For people like that, can you don't live your life to please them? They are sinning. It is not up to you to help them, Overcome a prejudice that they are not willing to let go of. If they are just deceived, it's one thing. Remember the difference? Okay, if you're deceived, it's one thing, but if you're actively participating in a sin that you know is wrong, then that's different. Amen? Now, if if somebody has been misled about you, then then it is up to you to make some kind of an effort to help them to see who you really are. Alright? But understand something. There are some people that are so persuaded by the enemy, that the only thing they are listening to is Him, not anything that God is trying to say to them. And, at, you know, least you. Okay? Don't get caught in that trap and waste your life and your time trying to convince people like that. Now, you can pray for them, and by all means, pray for them. Okay? And when God says... Now make an effort, then don't get upset with Him either. (laughs) okay? Because maybe your prayers are working. Maybe something, you know, God has chipped and chipped and chipped, and suddenly there is a hole, there is a crack. And now if they see something, they'll respond. But you need now to show them something. Amen? But again, you need to do that in God's time, and you can't see. This is when we try to be God, and we say, we'll win them over with our winning personality. You know what? You'll drive them crazy. Because the happier you are, the more you're doing, the worse it'll be for them. Amen. You only bring that out when God says now. Amen. Just to let you know. Alright, don't want to finish on a, on a sour note here, but understand something as well. Okay? You're not responsible for everybody's happiness. You are responsible to do what God has called you to do. If He asks you to minister to people, minister to people. If they don't respond, that's not your fault. You do what you know to do, He wouldn't have asked you to do something that is beyond you. Amen? So you only do the best that you can, and after that leave it up to Him. When we come back um, next time, we will, we will look at this incident, and I want to really start digging into this even more than what I have. Uh, believe me, there's more to dig into. <laughs> okay. uh, as we begin to look and analyze this, about Jesus proving to them that He is God. He proves to them when He says, and let me read this to you as we conclude, which is easier to say, Mark chapter 2, verse 9, to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Something the Pharisees would never do, because they couldn't heal anybody, because they were so wicked you hear me hallelujah and you know what happens right guy gets up and walks and you know what he says to him don't stay for the rest of the meeting go home this is me adding a few things it's gonna get ugly in here soon (laughs) okay (laughs) you know (laughs) you've been blessed go home blessed amen amen Amen. let's have every head bowed father we thank you today for your word and we thank you lord For all the things that you are sharing with us and teaching us. And I thank you, Lord, that we grow in these things. And Father, that we become smarter and wiser as we learn how Jesus dealt with things. What he did. And also our part in all of this. The lessons we need to learn. So that we can mature. And be the sons, the daughters that you so desire. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for being here today. And you are dismissed.